0: So for about the last three months, when it's time to record our podcast, Katie will say to me, Hey, could we, could we talk about sex in this episode? And up until tonight, I was never quite comfortable with the idea of devoting a whole episode of our podcast, uh, towards the subject of sex, but Katie's been faithful and asking me to talk on this subject. She obviously has a heart for it. She has, in my mind, some phenomenal insight. And I've been encouraged on hearing what her thoughts are towards the subject. And I know it's an area that we want to continue to grow in and have our minds shaped by God and His Word. And so I hope that you folks... Uh, come into this episode with that same desire, wanting to hear, hopefully, from the, you know, yeah, wanted to hear from the Lord. And we were praying that the Lord's going to speak through us and that we can grow in our marriages and in our physical intimacy and in our spiritual understanding of who God made us to be and what he intends to do in our marriage. So, here we go. Hey!
1: that intro, Elisha made me sound a little bit crazy. (laughs) I haven't had like a crazy mentality surrounding this, but I just think that it is a part of marriage where I get a lot of questions about it on Instagram. And so I know that it's a need out there. And just as we were talking through this podcast, Elisha said something that I thought was so good. And he said, we don't want to idolize sex, but we also don't want to neglect it. And I think those are two kind of Opposites that it's easy to swing towards, hmm. and we don't want to be any one of those opposites. So today on this podcast, we're going to be talking about um, some questions I've gotten of newlyweds who just got married and are like, "How do we even figure this out? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? How do we learn this?" And maybe talking about some things to do when it's boring or when you've just gotten in a rut. We're going to talk about some things for postpartum and pregnancy and also some kind of more sensitive subjects with uh, pornography and masturbation and low sex drives and how that all plays into marriage and sex is so all-encompassing and I think that's why it's so powerful in a marriage but it also comes with it's just a really emotionally charged subject because the world would want us to believe that it's just this physical act. You know, you're, you try it out before you get married. You try it out with multiple people, see if they're good at it. If they're not, that's how it's talked about. It's really coarsely joked about. Hmm. And it is so much more than that. And if you're in a married relationship, you know, it's so much more than that. And it's emotional. It's spiritual. Yes, it's physical but it can also merge the past with the present and it can play a lot of mind games with us. So it can also be an incredible bonding and uniting experience in marriage. So we just want to take a look at that and kind of maybe address some things that I know I get asked a lot about and hopefully this can just be an open discussion.
0: Yeah. And I'm really excited Katie, because you have received many questions, uh, from From people regarding the subject, and and that makes it a lot more relevant, I think, to to you and me. When I see that there's this maybe need out there for it to be talked about mm-hmm. in a certain con context, and I know that for me, when I see in the Bible God refer to the intimacy that man and wife are to have with each other as being that which is similar to our relationship with God, that used to make me so uncomfortable because. Because I I, I know firsthand the intimacy that I can have with my wife, and yet I think that that's something that instead of being scared of, we should just really try to see what the Lord means by that and what he intends for us to get from our marriage so that we can know him more and that we can walk with him more. And I really think that we can do that, especially in the subject of sex.
1: Well, I think of... In the Bible, we read the King James Bible, and when it says Adam knew Eve, Hmm. it's that knowing. Yeah. And it's more than just a physical act. It's Hmm. a knowing very intimately another person, and the Lord wants us to know him Hmm. intimately Hmm. when Hmm. I think of it that way. But sex was designed by God. Hmm. It says in the Bible that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed, Hmm. and there was just this freedom and this total openness with one another and it was designed by him and sex within marriage is pure Hmm. and i think that's something that i really want to hit home on because depending on what your experience has been this could be something to it could you know be a i don't know what word i'm looking for i guess we might just not think of it as that yeah and even when it even when our experience says differently it is pure
0: That's right, and I think that, you know, I know that there are a lot of of people that have experienced very traumatic and sinful things done to them in their, maybe it's their childhood or their young adult life, and that's a whole, you know, really heavy subject that the Lord can totally redeem, and we've all heard testimonies of of that happening, but I know that for me, Being somebody that was extremely protected and blessed as a child, uh, and I was not no no harm was done to me in any inappropriate manner, there was still this part of me that had a hard time fully embracing the fact that sex within the context of marriage was totally free, totally shame. There is no shame in it. There is no sin with having you know full intimacy with my wife because as a Christian young man prior to marriage. You combat every sexual desire or thought um, and you, you categorize it as wrong and sinful and you just try to suppress it.
1: And if you go there, it's then combined it's sin. with guilt.
0: Yeah, it's combined with a guilt. Yeah, so it was really a liberating and still is to some extent a learning experience for me to fully embrace the concept that no, within the, within the bounds of, go- of godly biblical marriage between a man and a woman, that this is free and that we can fully explore and experience this.
1: Yeah, I think it's so important to take everything back to God's word and know, like when we read Song of Solomon, that God created those erotic feelings and that pleasure, and that's not sin hmm. within marriage. Hmm. Um, Satan likes to take what God's created and twist it and make it a perversion, mm-hmm. and he likes to take those erotic Experiences and say, okay, well, I'm just going to make a minor difference and take it out of marriage yes. or put it in these different contexts where it was not intended to be. But within marriage, we can lean into that. And mm-hmm. I know, like Elisha was saying, I've felt the same way. And it's still something that I have to remind myself of that this is pure, this is holy, and I can be this way with my husband. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important mm-hmm. to have that um, experience with your husband. So, okay, I'm going to. You want to answer a question that I got?
0: Yeah, let's hear a question. Okay.
1: (laughs) So this is a question I got and it was how do we get better at sex if we don't know how? And this is coming from a young couple who just got married. Okay. And I think Elisha and I can really relate to this question. Because we were both virgins on our wedding night.
0: That's true. So I mean, truth be told, our wedding night was pretty dang awkward.
1: (laughs) Basically. Nothing happened our wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, and it would have been better if we'd gone in with expectations of nothing happening, but we didn't. Yeah. And
0: Well, truth be told, I'd say the whole our whole honeymoon was pretty awkward. Yeah, it was. Maybe like the first year of our marriage. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, it was not.
1: <laughs> no, but I think this is the cool thing that when you do save yourself for marriage and when you can bring that blessing into a marriage, it's cool because those experiences are going to be awkward, whoever they're with. Mm. Like your first time of anything is going to be a learning curve. Sex is a lot like a sport. It's a skill. So you get better with time and intention.
0: Yes. And I'm really glad that I've done that and I will be doing that with you and you alone yeah like that's i'm grateful that like
1: who are we laughing about these memories with with yeah, each other with each other. like <laughs> it's a memory that's special to us yeah in its awkwardness and i'd yeah. way rather share that experience with my married spouse yes. than with someone else yes 100%. um and not be able to laugh about it because then that's awkward <laughs> 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 okay so as far as like i think of this in the context of okay maybe newlyweds who are virgins who are like okay how do we figure this out or maybe I know for the first year of our marriage, we kind of did the same thing yep. every time. Like once we did figure it out, we were like, okay, this works. Yes. We are not very off. That's right.
0: This is the way that it, that it works. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the one way. Um, and also like as you do have kids and as life gets complicated, sometimes you can just find yourself in a stale place where you aren't putting a lot of energy into it. You're just going through the motions mm-hmm. and getting it done. So I think first of all, what you don't want to do and what can be as a temptation is look at a perversion of what god created hmm. so it's not a good idea to look at pornography mm-hmm. even like as a couple i've heard of couples be like well what if we watched it together it's still sin mm-hmm. and it's also something that's been escalated or it's not real life mm-hmm. i guess so it's going to be Regardless of whether it's a sin or not, that's not a great way to learn what to do. Yeah. Because you're going to have false expectations. Yeah,
0: I think the Bible speaks very directly, especially in Ephesians, when it talks about people committing sin, but then also condemnation coming on those people that take pleasure and then that do so. And when I think of pornography, it is a sin for those that are creating it. And obviously, as some you know, when you're partaking in it, you know, obviously, as a, without your spouse, it's clearly a sin. But if you try to blur the lines and say, "Hey, well, we're doing it together," well, then you're sinning together because you're both taking pleasure or trying to find education or whatever you want to call it yeah. in those that are doing something extremely shameful and sinful.
1: Yeah. So that's what we don't want to do, and I think we can take confidence knowing that we're created in the image of God, and God is the most incredibly creative person being Mm. ever he created the earth and we are created in his image Mm. we can be a lot more creative than we give ourselves credit for yes and i think i have to remind myself of that sometimes you don't need like a teacher you can be very creative and it could be unique to your marriage um and again something that i think is important to remember is that anything that is not a perversion of what god intended physical intimacy to be is a go And I've had to remind myself of that sometimes in our marriage. Yeah. Where I think like, is this okay? Yeah. You know?
0: Yep. Yeah. And I think that, you know, regarding the subject too, communication is so important. And being able to find the courage or the comfortability with your spouse. And it might take time because I once again go back to our honeymoon. It's like we, I can speak for myself. It, it wasn't working, and I was way too scared to talk about it. And so it We just... literally,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might talk about this more later, but it definitely was one of those things. Our like, and I didn't communicate that well when we got married at mm-hmm. all. That's probably why we're so passionate about it now. And, yeah, things just, we didn't, I didn't know what was normal. I don't think he knew what was normal. Yep. <laughs> but... Basically, we just ended up going to bed, not talking about what just happened. We yeah. woke up in the morning, and Elijah was just like, "Okay, uh, pack your bags. We're going to go get on a flight here." And he's just like <laughs> all logistics, and I was kind of like, "What the heck happened?" Yeah, and we so didn't working talk about it for like three days,
0: getting to a place with your spouse, whether you're newlyweds or you've been married for some time. When you find your place, you, when you find yourself in a place where you're not comfortable to talk these things, through, really start working towards that and planning in your brain how you can bring this up in conversation mm-hmm. at, at a time that's that's appropriate. So probably not, maybe in the middle, in the moment, in the moment, don't bring it up, but find a time where you know maybe you're on a date or you're in a place that's very private and you feel comfortable and you guys are on great terms, and you can say, hey, you know, what's not working for me. This is this is not working, or yeah. this just is not bringing, bringing me pleasure or, or, or if, if there's just nothing happening in your marriage and that you really need to be able to talk about it and to bring it up. And, uh, so working towards that place of emotional connection and comfortability where you can talk about it in a very matter-of-fact way, should be a goal of yours,
1: and that's a skill too.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: communication's a skill, and communication around this sensitive subject is a skill. Yes, and I know that we're constantly getting better at this, and having just this open dialogue and being like, "Hey, like, can we talk about sex for a minute?" And mm-hmm. just kind of, yeah, you know, just having a conversation that's not um, a big deal. Yeah, but it it was more awkward in the beginning. Yes, I feel like for us when we talked about this stuff, I think for me, like. Elisha said, I I also shared a similar past of being very protected, of growing up in a Christian family. I wasn't exposed to a whole ton. And I know it was very difficult for me to get out of my comfort zone. And I was very shy. And I, yeah, I just, I was very shy. Mm. Kind of like want all the lights off under the covers, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) close my eyes and you should too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew my parents had never encouraged that. I knew they had a very vibrant sex life. And I was just like, I don't know how to get out of this rut of just thinking and Mm -hmm. of being really bound up, I guess, and not really free. It can be helpful to take your eyes kind of off yourself and how you feel and actually ask your spouse what he wants or what she wants Mm -hmm. from you in that situation.
0: I think that's so good because I know that once again, for me, it was going into marriage knowing you wanted to do it differently than how the world had portrayed it. You didn't know what those boundaries were, and then when you get your eyes off of yourself, and you say, "Hey, this is a way that I can serve my spouse; mm-hmm. I can bring them pleasure." Then all of a sudden, you get your eyes off of yourself, and you say, "Lord, how can I, you know, communicate with my spouse to find out what they want?" And and then once again, I feel like that's a really reciprocal reciprocity reciprocity.
1: We know where you are going with yeah. that word. The variation. reciprocity <laughs>
0: there is uh, I could I feel like can be very healthy, and then it can grow you both because once you get out of your own comfort zone. It's like your spouse helps you come out of your comfort zone.
1: Exactly. Yes. And so anyways, another option to kind of making something not as boring or something like that is to take a certain aspect that you've kind of relied on when it comes to physical intimacy away Hmm. from the experience. So for us, that's been like in postpartum. Hmm. Obviously, you're healing. Certain things are totally off the table. And so that has encouraged us to become a lot more creative. Mm-hmm. And so that could be something else too. Instead of seeing it as like, oh, I'm postpartum. I'm healing. Just nothing's going to happen for six weeks. Getting more creative and going, how can we still enjoy each other? How can we still find pleasure with each other? And that can honestly, when you go back to kind of the regular same old, same old, whatever you've been doing... That can bring some creativity. Yes, into exactly. It. And also, you've, you've had, got new ideas. Exactly. Yes, yes you've I had agree. new ideas because they've been forced. And I would also just encourage women to mentally get into the space of enjoying it. I think this is easier for men. I've heard it's easier for men. <laughs> I've obviously never been a man, um, but you're going to enjoy it a lot more if you mentally get in there and you don't think okay, the baby's going to cry. I'm actually really tired right now. I wonder what I'm going to wear for church tomorrow. Did I take the meat out to thaw? And (laughs) (laughs) what's crazy is you you can think all those things and your husband's going to know it. And honestly, you aren't going to experience the joy of being physically intimate with your husband either if you're mentally not there. Hmm. And sex was intended for both people to find pleasure in. Mm -hmm. God didn't create this just for men Mm -hmm. or just for women. He created it to be a combined enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And so really mentally get yourself there, Yeah, I guess. And if you cannot find as much pleasure in the experience as your husband does, I'd really work on figuring out how to do that. Hmm. I'm not going to use any specific terms, but let's see. Talk about it. Yeah. Figure it out. Like, work at it. Again, it's a skill. So you can probably get to places you didn't think you could.
0: Yes. And I know that for, for me, I find so much pleasure when I know you're enjoying it. And it just makes it that much more of a, a bonding experience. When it the, the worst thing is when it feels one-sided. When yeah, you just, like a
1: guy doesn't want it to feel one-sided. No. no. And I think sometimes mentally as women the way it's talked about in our culture especially after marriage it's not talked about it before marriage because of course the woman can enjoy it just as much as the man but after marriage which is the biblical way that sex was intended to mm-hmm. be it's Yeah you kind were of kind of, like, of
0: quoting the world. Yeah, I was yeah.
1: yeah, I realized I should kind of preface that. Yeah. Basically in the world, in pop culture, yeah. in a secular, society. a secular society, people are really into, oh, the woman can be the one seeking it out, the yeah. dominant one that, you know, all those yes. things. And then within marriage, it instantly goes to like, have a headache and go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> it is like, wait, what? Yeah. What happened? Like you get a ring on your finger and you do that. And yeah, that's just not yep. the way it was intended to be. And I just wanted to also mention something because I think that, I mean, some people may know this, but a lot of the conversations I have, it seems like women don't know this. And that is for men, sex is actually somewhat of a physical need and that there is a physical need for release in Mm -hmm. some way. And so if you are not having sex consistently with your partner, I think that's a really good time to have an open conversation and see if that's stemming from a health problem, like a low sex drive, a inability to perform, maybe shame in their past. I don't know, but there could be a lot of different reasons Mm -hmm. why they aren't initiating regularly, or it could also be due to them kind of taking care of themselves and dealing with pornography hmm. or masturbation. Mm-hmm. And so that can kind of be an indicator if your husband doesn't seem to have a regular sex drive and you think, oh, he's really happy with this relationship of us never having sex. Yeah. Then you need to have a conversation about it because that's not a normal male response.
0: Wow. Katie, I think that's so good. And it's such a scary, daunting subject I think to tackle. Like I picture you know, it being, uh, being a wife and thinking, okay, so you know, my husband doesn't initiate. He seems like he's, you know, satisfied, but we never really do this. It would be really scary to try to figure out why. Yeah,
1: and definitely. I think that
0: it's, it's going to take a lot of courage. It's going to take a lot of just long-term vision with your marriage saying, no, I know I want that emotional and mental intimacy with my spouse. I want them to be Close enough to me to share what's going on in their life and men you I just again I speak from personal experience the enemy is so good at deceiving us and that the times that I've let sin sexual sin come into our life through pornography and sexual thoughts and it just drives a wedge and indicating intimacy. And the devil and Satan will tell you, okay, it's not that big of a deal. Just forget about it. Move on. She doesn't need to know all the lies that you that you think you can just kind of put it under the rug, get that behind you, and press on forward towards a healthy marriage. Listen, bring it to the light. And when you're able to bring it to the light, knowing it's going to cause hurt, it hurts your mm-hmm. spouse when that mm-hmm. comes out. But that's what you have to expose it. And from that, Katie, I mean, you can speak to this too. You won't, you don't regret the hurt that you felt by me bringing the honest truth and then knowing where we are working from.
1: Yeah. Well, the Bible says to confess your sins one to another mm-hmm. and there's healing in confession and there's a bonding in confession and you're free to move forward from that point. There have been times when our marriage, something's just been wrong and mm-hmm. I haven't been able to know why it's wrong and why elisha and i can't connect and why we can't connect very well sexually or even emotionally and those are all warning signs Mm -hmm. to have a conversation and to like like elisha says the devil wants to say it doesn't matter but it does matter and Mm. it affects your relationship sin always brings death Mm. always and so sin brings death to relationship but christ does bring life in that Mm. And we're free from that sin. Oh yeah! Uh, but we need to let him. We need to let expose it. Him, y- yeah. It needs we, to be exposed. exposed. Yes. And you are one. Like yes, you're in your marriage. A husband and a wife are oh, one. Yes. And so, if you are doing something on your own, it never just affects you. No, it always will affect your wife. Yes. it will always affect your marriage. Yes. and your children.
0: Yes, that's just another lie that Satan tries to tell you, of saying, "Hey, it's not the big of deal. will move on. It was just your problem. Confess before the Lord. It's just between you and God." No, it's between you and your wife and God when it's a sin of that magnitude. And I really do think that, Katie, like you said, the lack of a man or or, or man not initiating, I think that's probably the most common cause of that is mm-hmm. sin in their own life, pornography, and and, and trying to satisfy themselves in that mm-hmm. way through masturbation. But also, we're well aware of the fact, too, that there are just health issues, too. And I think that you want to know where your spouse is at and knowing what, what the, what ground zero is, what you, where you're working from. Mm -hmm. And I think that being able to have that conversation so you can work on the goal together and working towards it together.
1: Yeah. Even if it's like health, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of men, I don't know. I know from a woman's standpoint, if I wasn't able to perform, I would feel like kind of ashamed and not want to talk about it and Mm -hmm. not know if Elisha wanted more from me. Mm -hmm. So I think approaching that subject delicately too mm-hmm. and being able to be on the same page with your spouse and be like, Hey, we're a team here, like let's mm-hmm. figure this out together. Let's seek help together. Yes.
0: And I think that you know, being in speaking at this I think from probably a more common standpoint and that is a man wanting it more than than the wife, I really do think that it's one of those things that uh, you want to at least have the same goal in mind. And when you're a husband and say you want it more than, than your wife does, it can be really frustrating. And then there's just becomes this wedge of, okay, you just kind of assume I'm always going to want it more. She's always going to want it less. And so it's a withdrawal every time it happens. And that's not a healthy way to live. That's not the no. optimal state of a free, you know, sex marriage, which is, I think the goal where you're both fully enjoying it and living into that. And so I think that if you can, you know, in again, a situation that's not emotionally charged, it's not physically charged, you're on a date or, you know, the kids are in bed and you're talking in the kitchen, being able to really rationally at least share what your goals and your ideals are for your marriage so that you, your wife can hear them out, Mm-hmm. And she can say it from her perspective. She can, tell, and you need to be able to hear her out and know what she's feeling when you initiate in certain situations, and why she's so quick to try to shut you down. Uh, and hear her heart in those in those situations where it's not emotionally charged. And then you need to come to a solution together that you're working towards. And Katie, again. You know, that's something that I can't speak to the lady's perspective on at all. But I know as a man, you really need to, you know, the Bible says to live with your wife according to knowledge. And I think it's so important to try more and more every day to have a knowledge and an understanding and knowing where your wife's coming from. Do your best to know what she's experiencing. We can't fully know that as men, but I know I've learned so much over the last, (laughs) you know, three and a half years of marriage that I never knew. And I hope to continue to learn more about What you're going through emotionally and physically and spiritually and why you would feel a certain way at a certain time that I might be ignorant to. um, But I want to learn and not live in ignorance in that situation forever.
1: Yeah, well, now you guys see why we are why we do have sex so often (laughs) because Alicia has that heart. (laughs) And I think of this quote. Uh, I've heard it a lot of different ways but it says well most women may wish for an emotional connection before having a physical connection for men sexual connection is often necessary to feel safe enough for emotional vulnerability so it can kind of become a negative cycle if you're the wife and you're waiting for your husband to connect to you emotionally before you give to him physically and he's like I feel so distant from my wife she never gives anything to me physically this is a lame spot in our marriage it's just a really negative cycle but like any cycle in marriage it can be broken by one person Hmm. and so i think as a woman if you just if you don't feel emotionally connected to your husband at all i would really encourage you to being avail be available to him sexually Hmm. consistently or initiate and see if being there for his needs and not expecting anything literally just being like I want him to be happy in our marriage and giving that hundred percent not having a 50/50 perspective when it comes to marriage but having that hundred percent hundred percent perspective then when someone feels loved and they feel like their cup is full it's a lot easier for them to want to overflow hmm. and want to say hey my wife makes me feel so loved how can I make you feel loved hmm. and likewise men if you're emotionally meeting your wife's needs without asking for anything then i think a great example of this honestly is that christian movie fireproof Hmm. where he just the couple was like on the rocks they're expecting a divorce and the husband decides to take this love dare and do one thing a day to love his wife without expecting anything Mm -hmm. that's unconditional love right Mm -hmm. and in the end it totally renews the fire and the Mm -hmm. passion in their marriage i just think that's so powerful, but we can't give love expecting love. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes over this issue of sex, we both withhold from the other person and it's like a standoff.
0: Hmm.
1: Like no one's going to win. The marriage is going to go down. Yes. So I think that's important. There have been, I think of two times in our marriage where we have been physically intimate where I did not want to be. Hmm. And I felt emotionally distant from Elisha. Hmm. But One thing my mom really encouraged me to do before we got married is to never reject him in the moment. Hmm. Um, And I don't know if this is true, Elisha, but she told me that uh, men can take rejection more personally. Like as a woman, we just say, oh, you know, we're tired, but they could take it more personally, I guess. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. In that instance. Yes. It's kind of that like men are from Mars, women are from Venus concept where we just can't understand how they take it. So I just took my mom's word for it and um, don't reject Elisha. But before the moment arises, if I think like, oh, he might initiate tonight or something like that, I will let him know like, hey, I'm tired or I'm feeling really nauseous tonight. I'll just kind of like say it in passing. And Elisha's really good at picking up on where I'm emotionally at and not. Forcing me to do something Mm -hmm. or, you know, taking advantage of my availability to him. Mm -hmm. I feel like he does live with me in according to knowledge. Um, And that's a really big blessing. He's usually super in tune. But if he does still initiate, I go with it because my love is always available to him and it's unconditional. Hmm. So when we got married, I vowed to love Elisha for better or for worse. And this is a very practical way to love unconditionally. Hmm. When we just decide when we're going to do it and when we aren't, that's not unconditional. Yeah, And and like Elisha said, though, afterwards, a great time to talk about it. Not Mm -hmm. that night, but the following day, I know, I don't know, it was probably like a month ago, I brought up, hey, I'm not feeling really emotionally connected to you. And I said, why? And it might not have been, you know, a big deal to Elisha. I don't know if you can remember the conversation or not, but for me, it was like, you know, last night I realized I wanted to withdraw. And so we didn't need to have a conversation about Hmm. what I kind of was going through.
0: Yes. Wow. And I, again, the last thing I want to do is, is really take advantage of, like you said, of your availability. I really want to honor you you and (laughs) respect you and cherish you. And I think of all those words that we're commanded to do as husbands and to lay down our life for, for our wife and to love her as Christ loved the church. Uh, I, I just think that, we need to grow in that knowledge of our wife and the more I know you and the more I understand you and cherish you, I feel like I'll be able to pick up on those Mm -hmm. cues, you know, those passing comments a little bit more effectively and then really in out of love, know when to withhold and when to not, you know, pursue
1: that. Well, you know, like I did say though, is we probably have had sex like a thousand times literally. So two times isn't too bad out of all of that. it's pretty good. Um, Okay Let's see here I think we're getting to the end here Um, But I just I think it's important to just wrap up that Sex is meant to be a joy and a privilege For both partners in a marriage relationship And if you are pregnant And I do get this a lot on Instagram Where you're pregnant and you're in pain Not pregnant Sorry When you're pregnancy is kind of like I don't know There can be so many reasons you're in pain while you're pregnant you're physically intimate but if you're maybe three months postpartum four months postpartum a year postpartum and you're still feeling pain that's not normal so just on a very practical note go see a pelvic floor therapist uh because that's just something's off Hmm. that's not i think a lot of women they have their first baby and they think oh this is just how you know sex after a baby is and it's not Hmm. it's supposed to be completely fine and normal and Hmm. awesome After a baby. Um, And also, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, sex can be tied to some of our worst memories. The Lord really protected me and Elisha in our only um, sexual experiences with another person or with each other. And I just think that that's super, super rare. So if you do feel like sex is dirty or it's tied to bad memories or you need healing from that, then I would really say talk to a Christian therapist or counselor or a godly friend or someone who you can trust Mm. in that area who's going to give you godly advice and hear you out and talk through it because just because those feelings and bad experiences are common to a lot of women and and men now does not mean that they're normal Mm -hmm. and that's definitely not the way that god planned for it to be we should be growing more and more sexually free and intimate with our spouse not just sexually, actually, we should be growing more free and intimate with our spouse in all areas of our Mm -hmm. life over the years. So it's just something to work towards. Mm -hmm. And it's something to really don't just sweep it under the rug and be like, oh, this is just the way life is. This is how it is for so many married couples, but really work to address uh, the past hurts and heal those so that you are able to have an open, free relationship. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool is that we serve a God of healing Mm -hmm. and of fresh starts and of new beginnings and we do not have to carry anything um any sin or any bad experiences from our past into our future Mm -hmm. and I know that's easy to say it's much harder to do but I just uh pray for each one of us that we will be able to experience that freedom with our spouse the way that God intended it
0: Yes. Amen. And in fact, we'll just close out by praying right now for marriages and for this area of of people's. Yeah. People's marriage. Heavenly Father, you are holy and you are good and you've created every good and perfect gift with a purpose and with a way where we can see you more magnified and glorified. And we want that to be the case for sex in our marriages where you are made much of. And we are drawn closer to each other as spouses. And in so doing, we're able to walk closer with you in in a way that's more honoring to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would redeem this area of people's lives where it's been tainted and where sin has left its nasty mark and where Satan has gotten a wedge in in people's marriage and in people's hearts and in people's minds regarding this subject. And he's deceived them Mm -hmm. um, through bad people and through bad experiences or through bad thoughts or bad Uh, images and lord i just pray that you would redeem them freeing them from that because you have the power you have done that in fact lord you've Mm -hmm. freed us from all those things by conquering sin on the death or you know on the cross and and rising again to to be victorious over it so i pray we would walk in that lord and i pray we would have courage to to seek counsel when we feel we cannot make progress and to be vulnerable with Mm -hmm. our spouse working towards the same end goal And that is to walk as your children, knowing you more intimately, Lord, and knowing each other more intimately. Mm -hmm. I just pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amen. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, consider sharing a screenshot of it on your social medias. And honestly, the biggest way that you can support the podcast, if you really, really like it, is to leave a rating or a review. You could click on the five-star button. And if you have a moment to write down your thoughts, your encouragement means so much to us. And it is the single biggest way that you could support the podcast. So thank you guys so much for being here, for listening, and we will catch you next Thank you.